Welcome to Beyond the Show, the podcast home of all things Cannabis Conference. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of the Cannabis Group at GIE Media. Have you seen the sleek new design of CannabisConference.com? We've updated the website for this year's event, streamlined some information, and clarified what you need to know to have a successful trip out to the show in August. Check it out. And know that registration is now open. You can officially reserve tickets for you and your team for Cannabis Conference 2022. We're offering our lowest rates now through March 15th. Stay tuned before then for our schedule of education sessions that we will have at the show. And take it from me, I've been clued into the diligent work of our conference programming director, Cassie Tomaselli, our editorial director, Noel Skidinski, our full editorial and sales staff, our fantastic advisory board. You will not want to miss this event. Back to the podcast. This week, my guest is Ziad Ghanem, the newly appointed president and chief operating officer of TerraSend. Ziad brings nearly two decades of experience in large-scale healthcare services, cannabis, pharmacy, and retail operations to TerraSend, where he will manage and oversee all operations. He spent about 15 years at Walgreens before making the leap into cannabis, and we talked a lot about what that transition looked like for him and what it might tell us about where the cannabis industry is headed. So please enjoy my conversation with Ziad Ghanem. Well, Ziad, thank you so much for joining the show this week. Very glad to get a chance to speak with you about your new role at TerraSend and about your background and, and some of the interesting trends that are evolving within the cannabis space, particularly on that pharmaceutical side of the business. Um, maybe to set the stage as we begin our conversation, uh, I know here we are speaking at the end of January. This episode will be going live in early February. And the, the new year started for you with uh, an appointment at TerraSend. Could you describe your new role at TerraSend and some of your near-term goals for the company? Sure. Good morning, Eric, and thank you for having me. I'm looking forward uh, to our conversation. Uh, I joined TerraSend four weeks ago as the president and COO. Uh, my role is important to me, especially in a young industry that is evolving very quickly and requires me to flex up and down across the entire uh, value chain. So when I think of uh, being successful and when I think of the goals uh, for my role, I place them in few buckets. Uh, the main ones are maybe three or four, so allow me to describe a few of them. Uh, one is how to continue to build an engagement, an engaged workforce that believes in the leaders and in the culture that we are building at TerraSand, uh, especially as we bring multiple cultures under the same umbrella due to our organic growth and also growth through mergers and acquisitions. Second would be thinking of the patients and how do we serve the patients, the customers, and the communities we are in by offering a best-in-class quality uh, similarly, a best-in-class customer service and a competitive and diverse product portfolio across all channels and in a consistent manner. Then I think of the strategy uh, and how we measure the success. This is where I say having a clear strategy paired up with success metrics that will allow us to deliver against the financial goals, be it 
top line revenue or gross, mar gross margin, operating expenses, etc. And that will allow us to maintain and build on our very strong balance sheet and to continue to be active in the M&A space and to continue the growth trend that Terrasand have showed over the last uh, three years. And maybe finally, uh, staying focused and disciplined in our capital expenditures. Uh, by, by growing and expanding our assets in cultivation, in production, and in retail, and continue to stay ahead of the growing demand in the attractive states that we are in today, but also the ones that we will be entering in 2022. Excellent. Yeah, there are certainly some threads there that I imagine we can uh, pull that as the conversation goes on and, and maybe dig into some of those uh, pillars of the strategy that you're mentioning there. Um, but before doing so, I wanted to maybe back up even further. Uh, just a couple of years ago, of course, you jumped into the cannabis space in 2020 um, and certainly want to talk about your background a bit. So in 2020, what drew you into the cannabis industry in general? Yeah, sure, Eric. My decision to jump into the cannabis industry took me some time. So I really uh, studied the cannabis industry for more than a year before I made my decision. I would say two main reasons drew me in the industry. Uh, first, as a pharmacist, I have witnessed firsthand patients struggle with the opioid epidemic that the nation was facing. Uh, I was involved in states that had mid to high single digit overdose cases per day from narcotics. I have personally interviewed, talked to and helped patients from all walks of life who were struggling with depression, PTSD, insomnia, pain management, et cetera, et cetera. And I have seen and witnessed lawmakers, successful community leaders, and successful business leaders replace five narcotic pills with one gummy at night, THC gummy at night before bedtime, and they won their life back. Uh, that, would be, that would be one of the reasons that have really uh, pushed me uh, hard towards cannabis. The second reason is more career and work related. When I looked at the cannabis industry, I saw a new industry that was growing fast and is uh, still growing as fast and that is highly regulated and extremely complex. And I, uh, I was convinced that my experience in the first 20 years of my career will allow me to bring meaningful contribution to help the industry on so many fronts. When I think of cannabis and draw similarities with my experience, I saw a highly regulated industry and I've done a lot of work with regulators, uh, similar to the workforce training and development of a young industry. The patient and the customers in the industry are the same patients and customers that I've done a lot of work with. Uh, work around social equities and DEI is another passion of mine that, that exists heavily in the cannabis industry. The speed and the agility that the cannabis industry require, and maybe finally developing and focusing on an advanced and integrated omni-channel approach 
to serve uh, the consumer and the patients is another reason. So all those reasons together is what convinced me to dive run, right in the cannabis. And it has been a uh, really great journey, journey so far. Certainly an exciting place to work. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, you already started maybe listing some of the similarities and the bridge that kind of exists between uh, the pharmaceutical world and, and cannabis, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, you spent uh, about 15 years at Walgreens and, and you're mentioning uh, some of the, the tight regulations that that industry has to navigate. And certainly there are tight regulations on the cannabis side. Um, what are some of the maybe lessons or even forecasts that your background might bring into cannabis? And I guess just to maybe further narrow down that question, um, you know, the pharmaceutical world and the cannabis world share a lot of similarities, as we're saying. Uh, what might that tell you about where the cannabis industry is going in the next couple of years? Sure. So let me start maybe with some similarities and then we'll try to talk about the future. Uh, Eric, my guideline, my, my, my God or my guiding principles, if you will, have stayed the same. And I'm seeing every day that goes by that the cannabis industry is starting to behave like so many other uh, well-established industries like CPG, pharma, healthcare, technology, and so many others. When, when we break down the cannabis ecosystem from end to end, the stakeholders that we find are investors and innovators, then the regulators, then the employees in the industry, the product that those employees deal with, the patients and the customers and communities we serve, the physicians that help those patients and customers, and of course, vendors. And it's all linked together by a financial systems. So those stakeholders are the same group that I have worked with, collaborated with in the past. Investors uh, are the same, and I've done a lot of work with investors. The regulators, uh, the, the, whether it's the Department of Health or the uh, Department of Agriculture, we see often a lot of similarities in between the cannabis uh, regulations and the pharmacy regulations in some state. It's the same department that has created the playbook. Uh, we see similar labor models uh, heavily influenced by pharmacists. Uh, the product and the dosage form and the quality of the product is another similarity. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the customer and patients, and uh, we'll talk more as we progress our conversation, but those are uh, the same we've seen in, uh, and we've helped. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the drug industry. So for each one of those stakeholders, I bring with me deep knowledge and understanding and best practices and structures that I have learned, used and improved. And it has been super helpful. Uh, as far as where the cannabis industry is heading, uh, I think it's maturing every day and it will continue to mature. Uh, we will have more research-based uh, evidence. We will have more advanced and wider classification instead of narrow strain classifications. We will continue to see microdosing and advanced dosage forms uh, that will continue to get better. We will see the consumer's knowledge and expectation 
growing fast and that will help the industry develop faster and becomes more sophisticated. I strongly believe that what remains uh, from the stigma, both career and social will totally disappear. Uh, we are seeing and we will continue to see the regulations evolving to become more friendly. And uh, we'll see brands and brand segmentation with specific application continuing to deploy faster. So if I wanted to summarize, I would say I see the cannabis industry starting to look like every other industry uh, that is well established. Yeah, it's certainly um, moving that direction. And you can see a lot of the sophistication and consolidation happening, uh, as you say, pretty much on a daily basis. Um, I wanted to zoom in on, on some of those stakeholders that you mentioned. Uh, at the top of the conversation, of course, you referenced the importance of an engaged workforce. And obviously, in, in your list of stakeholders on the pharmaceutical and cannabis side, you mentioned employees. So I'm just uh, I'm curious, uh, maybe in a general sense, um, how important has a healthcare slash pharmaceutical background become in the, the hiring or recruitment process? And I'm, I'm thinking here mainly in, in more strategic roles, uh, executive level roles. Of course, you and your background can speak to this, but are you noticing this across the industry, uh, folks coming over much like you from pharmaceutical backgrounds to cannabis? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Eric. I, uh, before I address the specific question about healthcare uh, and, and, and pharmacy, uh, allow me to share what I am convinced will help the cannabis industry advance faster from a workforce perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe if we are successful in forming a workforce that looks like the communities we serve with full diversity of thought, we will be successful. I think this is key and that's vital for cannabis. Uh, currently, there are two important groups of talents in cannabis. The early group, the early talent that came in before anyone else dared to when the career stigma was high and because of, the great, of their great work and knowledge and connection to the plant uh, and the risk they took we are where we are today. The second group is the late talent that came in. Uh, and that talent brought in experience and structure and knowledge of mature industries, be it pharma, be it healthcare, uh, but had a steep learning curve about cannabis. So combining those two talent skill together and forming teams at board levels, executive leadership level, and as importantly at the front line is vital to the success of any company. Uh, now to your specific question, I, I strongly believe that having healthcare and pharma experience as part, as part of the team is proving to be very helpful, especially with what we discussed earlier with many instances where the cannabis industry behave like pharma and healthcare. And that is where I see the benefits. So I think it's a collective effort and it's a part of the team instead of just the only skills. So, you know, we talked about regulations and I, I, I don't want to repeat the same thing. They, they, they act similarly and that experience is very important. The research, the innovation and the dosage forms uh, is another similarity. The quality of the product, it's exactly the same quality focus that we see in the industry we're talking about. 
the potential medical coverage as the uh, federal restructure happened, uh, those would be few to names where, where that experience from pharma and healthcare is very important. But then we can go deeper and talk about all the stakeholders we shared and you see a lot of similarities. Certainly, yeah. And I, I definitely want to touch on uh, the communities that the industry is serving of course, uh, that's customers and, and patients and, and others. Um, but real quick, you know, while we're on the employee side of things, um, I was curious if you could maybe uh, elaborate on, on that idea of an engaged workforce. Um, you mentioned M&A as well, and certainly the industry in general is very much in, in its growth stages, uh, as well as TerraSend as a company specifically. So in terms of just a fast-growing company and a fast-growing industry, what are some of the ways to make sure that a growing workforce can remain engaged and tuned in to a company's goals? Uh, of course, those goals are um, you know, leading the company, but they're also changing a little bit as time goes on. So maybe if you could elaborate a bit on that word or that phrase rather, engaged workforce and, and what it might mean to you this year. Sure. You know, Eric, I'm, I'm super passionate about engaged workforce. And uh, I, uh, I, I, I promised uh, everyone I've met in Terrasand uh, my first four weeks that I don't expect them to trust me immediately, but I'll spend every day earning that trust. But uh, to me, a, a, a successful formula start with the employees. Then when the employee is engaged, they'll deliver to the expectation of the patient of the customer. Then the PNL and the financial will start becoming an outcome of the, those first two. So how do I measure? How do I work to engage the workforce? And how do I uh, measure the success? Uh, first, start by a transparent communication. Uh, second is by listening to this feedback of the workforce. Third is to measure whether the engagement, and to me, engagement is measured by a employee NPS, uh, by feedback that is regular, that is shared with the executive leadership team and the board, uh, by a turnover metrics that you continue to improve on, and and by having a loyal workforce that becomes the face of the brand. So the communication the listening, but then you complement this with the training and investment in, in that workforce. All this, in my opinion, will help engaging the, engage the workforce. Uh, I think of the journey of our employees from end to end. How do we acquire the best? How do we onboard that talent? How do we manage the career of those employees when they are on? How do we grow them and train them? And then how do we do succession planning for them within the company to allow them to grow and accomplish their goals? If we are successful across all the spectrum, this is where you see the metrics reflecting those. NPS that is high and turnover that is low. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful set of considerations for employees. And uh, you know, it brings to mind the word empathy. Uh, it sounds like with each of those different types of considerations, uh, the company and, and the team is, is thinking 
empathetically about about its team, about its employees rather. Um, I wanted to maybe switch that around toward the, the community and, and customers and patients. Um, I'm going to pick out one of those considerations there. You mentioned the idea of listening to feedback and, and really being a good listener. I think this is an underrated skill uh, in many areas of life, a very important skill, uh, but certainly in the cannabis industry and certainly uh, in the day-to-day work environment. Um, in terms of customers and patients, though, what are some of the ways that cannabis businesses can or should be listening to the feedback and the uh, the perspectives provided by customers and patients? Yeah, I think I think there are multiple ways to do that. And, uh, you know, we think of the customers and the patients that come into our stores, uh, whether it's the consumer and, and at the retail store or whether it's a B2B customer in wholesale. Uh, Listening on the feedback about the quality of the product is one. Uh, In the stores, our personnel play the role of the liaison with the customer and sharing the satisfaction or dissatisfaction and the feedback from the customer is one platform. Uh, Customer surveys, whether it's about the product or the service, is another way to listen to the customer. Customer KPIs about the speed of service, the variety of the products, uh, what they like to see in addition of what we offer is another way to listen to the customer. Uh, You put all those together, those are the direct communication that we see from the customer. We can also listen what the customer and the patients want by uh, intelligently compare our product portfolio to the competition by doing uh, intelligence, uh, intelligent uh, visits uh, and by uh, comparing the feedback on on new products that are coming in in the industry by looking at states that are maybe more uh, advanced or are ahead of other states. Uh, integrating all those feedback together in an organized way uh, will allow us to understand the current but also the future need of customers depending on the stage that the state is in. Yeah, I think um, you know that's an interesting segue uh, because of course all these states are, are kind of evolving at, at different rates or Maybe that's not the right phrase, but they're developing at different rates anyway. Um, of course, that often entails a medical cannabis state that um, flips, so to speak, over to adult use legalization. We've seen that a lot across the U.S. Um, I'm curious, just from your perspective, what that, I guess, balancing act might look like as, as more states legalize adult use cannabis and they maintain some sort of medical cannabis program Do you see those two markets um, becoming more distinct or do you see them becoming more unified? I guess the question might be, um, what does medical cannabis as a regulated legal term look like in the future for you as opposed to adult use? Yeah, I think I think I'll divide the question in 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 short term and mid term. From a short term perspective, Eric, I do see that we will continue to see the regulators place a focus on protecting the medical population segment 
uh, against any supply stress, especially in new states that turns uh, to adult. From a mid to long term, in my opinion, uh, how both segments will look will depend on many variables. Where will we end up with the limits allowed for adults versus medical is one. Post-federal uh, restructuring of the industry uh, and potential healthcare coverage, how will that look like will also dictate how those two segments would look like. Supply versus demand evolution within the same state or across state uh, lines will also play a big factor. The knowledge, the understanding, and the comfort of the consumer, especially the medical patients, will also dictate and give comfort to the regulators to, 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 to continue to keep them separate or to merge them together. In my opinion, all those variables will help restructure the industry and will determine how it matures. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, again, a very interesting thing to watch uh, in the next couple of years. I think um, restructuring is a, is a really good term there. I know sometimes folks refer to federal legalization or, or what have you, but restructuring seems to be maybe a more appropriate term um, for a thing that we, we don't yet know what it'll look like. Uh, so certainly something to look out for on the horizon. Um, well, Ziad, I really appreciate the time this week. It's, it's great to get a chance to talk to you right at the, the onset of your work with TerraSend. Certainly wish you well at the company as, as the year gets going. And, and yeah, thanks so much for joining us on the show this week. Yeah, Eric, thank you for having me on the show. And it was great uh, having the discussion with you. And that's a wrap on another episode of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Zia Ganem, the newly appointed president and COO of TerraSend. You know, one of the great themes that seems to emerge in a lot of sessions at Cannabis Conference and in a lot of articles in Cannabis Business Times is this uh, blend or this intersection, rather, of the pharmaceutical industry and the evolving cannabis industry. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of angles on that and a lot of uh, benefits and potential pitfalls, but I think it's an important place to sit for a while and to talk about. Uh, it's, it's certainly um, a hot spot of activity and energy within the cannabis industry. And I think there are a lot of really fantastic lessons to be learned from other industries, including, of course, uh, pharmaceuticals. And Ziad's experience really speaks to that, I think. Um, like I said at the top of the show, check out CannabisConference.com. Registration for the show is now open. We are going to be continuing to tee up Cannabis Conference 2022 experience here on Beyond the Show every Friday, bringing in advisory board members, future speakers, past speakers, staff members. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, you know, here we are in early February, looking ahead to late August. It seems like it's so far away, but it really will be here before we know it. Six short months, they fly by fast. Between now and then, of course, we're going to keep going beyond the show on this podcast. If there's somebody you want to see on the show or hear from in an interview format on this podcast, please let me know. You can reach me at esandy, that's E-S-A-N-D-Y, at G-I-E dot net. G-I-E, of course, is our publishing company. So get in touch. Let me know what you think about the show, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>